0: Hello, runners. This is the Rambling Runner Podcast, and I'm your host, Matt Chittum. This is a podcast for all of the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while also tending to the rest of their lives. And today, we are joined by a Rhode Island road running legend, Dave Shad. Dave, thank you for joining me. Hey, oh, it's great to speak with you, Matt. I, uh, you know, I've been running in and around Rhode Island for. Uh, at this point, I'm 36, so maybe the last 24 years I've been doing uh, road races in and around Rhode Island, and I have known your name for a long time, usually <laughs> at the top of the race results list is where I've seen it in the past. So thank you for coming thank- on. Oh, Thank you.
1: I really appreciate that. Yeah, I, I actually started running back in uh, 1990 in upstate New York. Uh, that's where I found running to be my activity. And then I, got, I used to work for the Genesee Brewing Company, and uh, I took a job with them. And I was doing a lot of traveling, so I've always believed in, uh, you know, exercise, and that's why I picked up running. And uh, I got transferred into this great little state back in, I think it was 92, and then I, you know, started running a few road races and stuff like that, too.
0: Got it. So why did you choose running as opposed to other, you know, various forms of exercise? That's a great question.
1: I did a lot of traveling when I was first hired on by the Genesee Brewing Company, and not all the hotels had gyms. So I'm like, what What do I do? I'm an old phys ed major, so I've always believed in working out. You know, I played three sports in high school and stuff like that. So I've always been um, living that lifestyle where, you know, doing some activities, exercise is very, very good for you. So all of a sudden I was like, what do I do? Put on the sneakers, I put the Nikes on and just started running. And then all of a sudden I got the, uh, the endorphins going a little bit. And then I was like, I, you know, maybe I should run a road race. So I ran my first road race up in uh, Syracuse, New York. Um and uh, back in 1992, it was called the uh, Mountain Goat Ten Miler, and uh, I thought I knew everything about running at that point and I got about halfway through, I'm like, "What am I doing?" <laughs> so I was just happy to finish that one at that point. So, so
0: your first that's road
1: race—that's why that's why I first started running. You know,
0: right, right, and it's that's interesting. So your first road race was actually a ten miler. That that is pretty. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty long for a first timer. <laughs> yeah, because I.
1: I'll be honest with you. One of my goals was once I started running the Boston Marathon and then I started researching it, and I'm like, wow, you have you need a qualifying time to run Boston and so that was one of my uh one of my goals and objectives was always to qualify and run Boston. So that did actually stimulated me to uh you know, to start running and I was like, Oh, what's the first race? And I discovered that one up in Syracuse and people said they were gonna do it so I thought I was a runner then, and that's when I flipped on the sneakers and discovered, boy, I need some training.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, when were you first? When you, did you first experience some success as a runner? And what would you? And what did you define success as earlier in your career? Well, actually, one of the first
1: successful races that I had was down at Second Beach, um, down in uh, Newport. Um, I forget the name of it, but it was a little five k. And uh, all of a sudden, I just took off and I started keeping up with the leading pack. And uh, my very first 5K, I ran at 18:45. So I think I finished wow. like the top. I finished within the top 15 um, runners. So I was like, "Hey, this is a great activity." And that's when I really started to, uh, you know, uh, focus in on the 5Ks and uh, doing as many races as possible. So it's a lot of fun, and, and for, the races are for good causes too. Bottom line,
0: right. And you mentioned to me, so we raced against each other last weekend in the Run for Carry run uh, down in Wakefield, Rhode Island. Uh, it was where I, yeah. you know, we, we caught up before the race. We were talking a little bit. And you said something very interesting to me, and I had never heard anything like that before. You said that you were on a mission to race a thousand times in your career. And I was just, I was yeah. blown away. I literally, during, during the race, during the tough portion of the race for me, which <laughs> sounds like the, the uphill in the third mile. And I'm like, Dave Shad is going to race a 1,000 times. I can race once. Like, I can get this done. <laughs> so when did, when did that idea germinate for you uh, to do the 1,000 races? That I probably started thinking about probably like eight or nine years ago
1: because I did qualify for Boston. I ran Boston. And I think once you start talking to all runners, we always set goals and objectives. And uh, I met a lot of my goals that I set for myself. So then I was I was talking to a Fred Zuliger, who's an old legend, um, great runner in Rhode Island, and uh, he's actually broke a thousand, and uh, I just wanted to see what he's experienced. Experiencing so I said I want to break a thousand races just like Fred Zuliger. and so that's when I started tracking all my races and I said goals and objectives. So um, I actually just looked this up um, tonight and I'm up to 830 races. So I've got 170. 170- 70 more races before I can break that 1,000 uh, thousand, um, race goal. So,
0: And what is you – know how what? has your – I'm sorry. but So what does your race schedule look like now, and how does that compare to, you know, say eight or nine years ago when this became an idea that you viewed as a long-term goal?
1: That's a great question. Um, back when I first started running, I'd run anywhere from like five to 15 races. And then all of a sudden I started to compete a little bit more and a little bit more. And that's when I picked it up to, like, 40 to 50 races. And then I got when I was, uh, you know, set that goal of beating Fred Zolliger, I think he ran, like, 72 year, two races in one year. I ended up uh, running 76 races. So I actually beat him that year in total number of races. So that's when I – tried to set my goals and objectives anywhere from 50 to 60 races per year that I look at. So I'll, go, I'll do a lot of back-to-back races, you know, uh, that Saturday and Sunday. And the only way I count my races race is it's it's, it's got to be on the weekend or if it's a holiday, you know, for example, like Labor Day or uh, Memorial Day or something like that. So, so that's what I look at, and that's how I set my goals. And, um, you know, it,
0: it's got to be a 5K too. Got it. So for, for you, I I have so many questions about this because how does your <laughs> how does your practice or your your training schedule how does that change along with your race schedule in a way because you know you I think nowadays people are getting more savvy. Um maybe savvy is not the right word, but I feel like the training method that has kind of permeated gone from the elites down to you know amateurs like myself is kind of the, yeah. the idea of the, 80, the 80-20 rule, where you know 80% of your runs should be on the easy side and 20% are the kind of the gut busters. So yeah. how do you segment your, your practice time with the idea that you're going to be going pretty hard on the weekends?
1: Um, can I go over – I actually run seven – here's another little streak that I've got going, is I actually run seven days a week. And I've actually got an eight-year streak where I haven't missed a race um, in eight years. So I've run every day outside – A minimum, my shortest distance is the 5K uh, racing time. And if I'm not racing the 5K, I'm actually running three and a half miles, okay? So now I'm doing between 40 to 50 miles per week, but every day is different. So, for example, on Mondays, I'll actually just run uh, five miles at a slow pace. It's it's a recovery time from the weekends and racing and stuff like that. Tuesday, I use as a uh, kind of a distance training um, period for me because I'll actually wake up in the morning, I run five miles, by myself, and then Tuesday night I'll actually run with the Tuesday Night Turtles. So uh, I'll do a three-mile loop with the Turtles, then I'll run another three-mile uh, loop with the Turtles. So that's a grand total of 11 miles on Tuesday that I'm running. Now, just for your information, on the Tuesdays that I used to run, I was training for like the Boston Marathon and stuff like that. I used to get in 17.3 miles, but I tailored that down the order that I've gotten. I'm just focusing in on 5Ks, 4-mile races, 5-mile races, and stuff like that. So, um, right. For people day. who
0: don't know and for people who don't know, the Tuesday Night Turtles is a running club here in Rhode Island. And you said as you get older, yeah. uh, you shared with me before the, the call that you're 55 years old, which makes this even, even crazier for, for my <laughs> mind. So I'm sorry to interrupt, but keep on going. So, so Tuesday is your long day.
1: Yeah, Tuesday is a long day. Then I actually use Wednesday as a recovery day. So I get up in the morning, I'll run 3.5 miles, okay? So I actually listen to my body. So you need to recover. You know, legs are all pumped up and stuff like that. So I'll just take a nice slow pace. 3.5 miles, okay? Then Thursdays, I'll do speed work. And what I do for my speed work is it used to be I'd warm up for three, then I'd run hard for three, back off for three. Run hard for three, back off for three. I do that for a five-mile period, um, which is usually I'd, I'd run hard for uh, three minutes and then back off. So I today usually cover right around five miles during that, during that training uh, technique. But today – now I actually run hard for four minutes, and then I back off for only a minute. <laughs> so I've really I've changed that just to try to increase my speed and keep my speed there. So it's not like a track. You know, you don't need any measured distance or anything. You can just use your stopwatch. It's very, very handy. And you can do it on any road you want, okay? So that's on my Thursdays. Fridays, another recovery day. So I run 3.5 again at a slow, slow pace. And then Saturdays, I'm usually running a 5K or a four-mile race or a uh, Whatever local races around, and then I do the same thing on Sundays. Now, if there's no race on a Sunday I can find, I'll actually go for anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half uh, run. You know, I'll run down to Goddard Park and back and stuff like that. So, so that's my little seven day cycle that I do.
0: That that is incredible. Now I'm thinking about it like this. All right, so thir- so say it's a two race weekend. You have yes, yeah, basically yeah. three hard days in a four day span. Right, you have your Thursday. Exactly. Um, there's Thursday pickup day and then your two race days on Saturday and Sunday. So on the race days, how hard do you push it? And I love to hear, say, your normal, let's say like last weekend, right? So you you ran the run for carry, which is a four mile race. You ran at around yeah. 638 pace. So how hard exactly. do you go during the races? And are there certain races that you kind of gear up for and really give it, you kind of know, the, the extra special effort? Yeah, and
1: what I do is uh, those are the ones I usually run the previous year, and I try to bri- break my goal or, you know, time I go and stuff like that. So it really depends on the course. I really like downhill, so if there's a, a 5K starting out, and it's got a nice little downhill. like I am run the, uh, that butterfly 5K up in uh, Attleboro this weekend. I know mile one, you can just fly down the downhill, and uh, that'll actually improve my times and stuff like that. I actually One thing i discovered is running downhills, if you lean a little slightly forward in the overstride, you can actually uh, really improve your times. That's just a, something I've learned from several of the veteran runners I've run with and stuff like that. So, what I do is I run the course. So if I see some downhills, I'm going to go with it. And then uh, going up the uphills, I'm taking a shorter stride and swinging my arms again, even faster and harder and stuff like that. So, I actually try at every race. I try to try to give it 110 percent. You know, so that's it keeps me going. It gets it. After a certain period, I think five to five to seven minutes, you start to release the endorphin, so it's a natural high for your body. And then you cross the finish line, and you're just happy as anything. So, I don't know. Just one more crazy. I think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and no, honest, you're right. It... These races are for
1: good causes, and you see a lot of familiar faces and stuff like that, and everybody's cheering everybody on. So, it's a, it's a, it's a real stimulant, you know?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And like you said, you know, when you really go hard in a race, it certainly feels different than even the hardest workouts, because there's, you know, first of all, you know, you're running for time, you know, it's going to be, you know, kind of published, anyone can look at it, and you can kind of bring it up on the internet if they wanted to. And even if that's not a motivation, just the idea of having people near you as you finish, you know, you have that extra special desire to to pass the person ahead of you, or even the fear of getting past as you come down the, the finishing straight, yeah. so I can I can figure that that certainly kind of gives you the extra the extra push. So you mentioned on Tuesdays, you, know, you kind of do a double. You have the morning session and the afternoon session that you run with a uh, a really popular running group here in Rhode Island, the Tuesday Night Turtles. So d- when you're running with that group, or I shouldn't say it like that. I will say, how important is having a running community? to you, whether it's the turtles or going to these, you know, local races where inevitably you're going to know people at those races.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a good st- a stimulus. I'm, honestly, there's been several times when I've run with the turtles, you're just feeling down and out. And you really don't feel like running. Then all of a sudden somebody takes off who you usually keep up with or you beat them and stuff like that. And that stimulates you to push yourself a lot harder. Um, you see a lot of good local people, you know, local people who are uh, teammates of yours, and then you catch up on all the gossip, what's going on, and you can do this all while you're running. So some weeks, you know, I'm taking it easy if I feel a little bit beat up. That's one important part part of this is listen to your body. If you're beat up, you know, back off quite a bit and stuff like that. You can still go out and run, but just back off. But then there's times when I'm running with the turtles, you know, I'm finding myself I need to do a little bit more speed workout so, you know, somebody will be taking off, and I'm just trying to catch that person and just pushing myself, you know, so – so listening to the body. The human body tells you everything you want to know, in my opinion, you know?
0: Right. And you you mentioned that it seems like a lot of your goals are very process-based, right, like running every day, you know, having, um, you know, races on the weekend, having a certain amount of races per year. Do you ever feel like you have certain time goals that you have uh, – have in your mind while you're training, or is it just simply like like you mentioned earlier, where a lot of these are repeat races for you, and you just try to just try to beat last year's time?
1: Great question. Um, in my 40s, when I was running my personal best times, then I used to uh, track all the times, and I try to you know accomplish my best 5Ks and stuff like that. So when I first started, I was running the 5Ks right around 20 minutes. Then when I was peaking, about age 44 and 45, I was down into like the 1730s and stuff like that. So I'd, I'd constantly look at my race. I'd look at my stride. How can I get better, do more and more track workout? So once I met my goals in my later 40s, then I started um, just doing it more for enjoyment, getting out there, um, maintaining my body and stuff like that. So I, I'm not, I not so so intense as I used to be as far as, uh, you know, the racing and stuff like that. But I'm still out there, you know, competing, mm-hmm. but I'm not as um, – you know, not giving it at 150. percent You know, the, I don't know. I was a little bit crazier when I was running my personal best times. You know, I I was actually weighing myself, making sure I was at my all-time low weight and stuff like that. Now I just do it for enjoyment. You know,
0: right? But well, you're still very, you're still a very lean guy. I mean, you definitely have the the kind of the ideal runner's build, if you if you don't mind me yeah. saying so. Thank you.
1: Do you feel but, like back when I was? Go ahead.
0: Oh, I was going to say, do you, does your you obviously are very organized about your running schedule. Do you are, are you the, do you take the same approach to diet as well?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. There's a you can quote me on this. You are what you eat. You are what you eat, and uh,
0: <laughs> you are. Well, then I'm a lot I'm, of candy just, bars. Well,
1: I I worked for the Genesee Brewing company for twenty some years, and you know I was a, I was a beer drinker, was conscious about his weight, and that's why I started running. Um, and then I want to say probably 18 years ago, I made a, a lifestyle change as far as uh, watching the food that I eat and stuff like that. So uh, I'll be honest with you, my cholesterol level was high. So it was at an all time high, it was close to 300 points. So uh, that, that's when I made a, a lifestyle change. I gave up all the red meats and fried foods and uh, a lot of the bad foods and stuff like that. I switched on to. Uh, a lot of fruits and vegetables, um, chicken, fish, um, pot. I love pasta and stuff like that, and also drinking a lot of water. So I did that about 18 years ago, and then I, I set a goal in January was to lose anywhere from 5 to 10 pounds per year, and that, get, that got me back, back down to my all-time low weight, and that's when I ran uh, my personal best times, when I was like that 44, 45 years old old um, thing. So it was a combination factor. I'm like I said, I'm a true believer. You are what you eat, and that's when I made the lifestyle change. So, and you know, I maintain it. I've I've eaten all those foods all my life, and finally one day I was like, yeah, my cholesterol's too high. You know, I tried to get off of it, get it down, but uh, you know, you got to make that lifestyle change.
0: That's so interesting because you mentioned that you've been basically running. For, you know, obviously a long period of time, and yet you pr'd in your mid 40s, and it seems like you're yeah. you're basically contributing a lot of that to, to your diet.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a combination factor. It's, it's a combination of diet, you are what you eat. Um, it's the training that you do, and it's just repeating. You know, it's it's the mental aspect of it too. So I think there's three or four different uh, correlations, and if you ever want to run your personal best, that you got to look at. You know, you got to check your weight. You know, if you can lower your weight. Okay, I'm going to propose something, you. I'm going to have you run a five five k road race, okay? And we're going to time it, and then your time is going to come in. All of a sudden, let me strap ten pounds on your back, and you're going to run the same course, and we're going to time it. Which time do you think would be faster, with with the weight on or with the weight off? So weight makes a little bit of a difference, in my opinion. You know. So
0: that makes a lot at. of sense. That's a great way of looking at it. That's a great way of looking at it because I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have put that. I wouldn't have thought about the weight vest as the as the correlation between you know uh what what I actually weigh versus what my goal weight could be
1: yeah yeah that's why it's, I think it's important if you want to set your you want to increase your speed you want to increase your distance you you, you got to look at everything just you know what you what you're eating making sure you're getting enough fluids on um, sneakers you know you've got to make sure you've got the proper training sneakers um that you you just uh, enlightened me. Something else I wanted to discuss with you. I actually wear Nike sneakers. I wear the Pegasus. Everybody go to a good uh, running sneaker store and find out what sneakers fit you the best. Buy them. Also, what I do is I've got two pairs of uh, Nike Pegasus. So Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I wear one pair. Tuesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays, I wear the other pair. So I rotate my sneakers just to let them get the uh, cushion back and stuff like that, too. And I think that helps keep my legs from getting beat up, and it keeps them stronger so something else i discovered you know
0: absolutely and that's actually a question i've asked every person on this podcast whether they rotate their shoes or not And every single person has said that they do which is a little yeah. disconcerting because i don't so i'm gonna to have to start doing okay that. yeah i
1: think i think i really um, like at your lifespan as far as running stuff like that too and then i i race in a I i race in a a lighter sneaker and stuff too. So if you're doing the five K, you know, you you wear lightweight racing sneakers versus your training sneakers, which weigh, you know, can be eleven mm-hmm. ounces and stuff like that. So you
0: know. Right. So I, I uh this is a question that I think is pertinent to anybody, whether they're the the you know the, kind of the best racer out there or somebody, you know, about to go on their first five K. And that's especially for someone like you who's raced, you know, 830 times when you're struggling through a race or even a really hard workout, how do you get through it? Like what is kind of, what is your mental talk? What's your internal dialogue or motivating phrases that kind of push you past the point of like, I really want to stop or I really want to slow down and kind of get you to the next level.
1: Awesome question. Awesome question. Okay. Before I run a race, every race, I tell you this book, it's, I actually, turned in the box where my racing sneakers are, and it's about this—a little train. It's the little, the little engine that could. You know, you know what I'm saying? I think I can. I think I can. So when I'm hitting that wall, I review the book. You know, chug, chug, puff, puff, ding, dong. Along came a little train. He's going up the, you know, the, the big hill. It's because he makes it because he thinks he can. I think I can. I think I can because I can. So I, I'll actually play that in my mind you know, when I'm struggling, stuff like that. I think it's a positive attitude. It's, you know, taking that step forward and setting goals and, you know, you can meet, them. You can meet your goals that way with a positive attitude.
0: Oh, so. that is – I that's, actually read that book to my son last night. I know exactly which book you're talking about. I got it on my son's bookshelf right now.
1: Yeah. I, I, I'm serious. I can't wait in my my uh, racing sneakers and, uh, you know, Half an hour before the race, I'll just look at it and just review it and stuff like that. And it gets you into that positive mental state. And I think that's very, very important. And that that's important when you're running, like, the longer distance or it's 90 degrees out and you're, you're feeling that heat and humidity and you may not have got, got enough water in your system. So it helps push you a little bit. And I, I'm convinced that's that's a little stimulating, you know, and really will push most people on. Right. So, but, so what's what the I biggest sure, challenge? Successful, but that's what I do, you
0: know? <laughs> right. So, what's the biggest challenge or difficulty you've ever come in a race or a tough workout? Oh, um,
1: I, it was my first marathon. It was a Marine, Marine, Marine Corps marathon. When was that? I think it was 90, 92 or 93. It's when Oprah Winfrey ran hers. I happened to be in there on that, and I didn't know what the heck I was training for, anything you know, like that. So, I think I got up the mile. 16, 17, then all of a sudden the body started to break down, so I ended up all uh, walking, crawling. You know, I finished that. That was my first first marathon, but I wasn't doing enough uh, personal – I wasn't doing enough uh, mileage per week. You know, I was doing maybe 40 to 50 miles a week, but that wasn't enough. You know, for me, I needed to increase my mileage for the marathon between 80 and 90 miles week. Miles per week training for the marathons, so that was a, that was a struggle for me, you know, running that for the first time, and it actually rained poured on us that day. I think they got like two or three inches of rain on us. My sneakers weighed like ten pounds and stuff like that. So I did finish it, but I didn't uh, meet my goal. So
0: that's interesting. So were you doing that whole little engine that could routine during that race, or how did you get through that tough period?
1: Um, it was. Because I I had to finish if there wasn't you know there wasn't a, like an ambulance I don't know I I was just like I got to finish this, this is my first one is a goal and objective I set so I don't know I ended up like right. like I said just walking falling in and stuff like that making sure I was getting getting water and stuff so you know it was just just taking one step at a time at that point and just. Uh, telling myself this is your first one, you got to complete it, you got to complete it. So, And then as soon as I crossed the finish line, I was like, I'm never doing this again. The next day I'm like I think I can do better. I just missed training because I I started reading some books on, you know, the different training techniques and all those type of things. And I was like, boy, did I make some mistakes. And then I started uh, learning a few more races, and that's how I got to know quite a few of the Tuesday Night Turtles, a guy named Scott Mason or Ray Nelson, who measures all the courses. And I started listening to those guys give people different training techniques as far as how they ran their best time. So I'd actually take some of that information they were passing on and I'd actually apply it towards my running. And uh, talking to some of those guys, they're running between 80 to 90 miles per week, and that's when I started increasing the, uh, the amount of miles that I was running per week for the marathon goal. So.
0: Yeah, and a marathon, struggling through a marathon is a whole different ballgame than struggling through a 5K. I mean, my first marathon, had a pretty similar experience to you. Uh, I kind of went in a little naive about my training. I thought I was, I thought I prepared just fine. In retrospect, I was, I had done uh, not even nearly enough. And, it was the same sort of feeling of like, all right, my body broke down. I think it was a little bit later in the race than yours was, but the same exact yeah. feeling. And, you know, basically when you break down with, you know, six or eight miles to go, that's a, that's a whole another hour. <laughs> you're going to be out there struggling <laughs> as opposed to like five hard minutes of a 5K where you're kind of, you know, where you're completely redlined. And it was, yeah, it was, oh, uh, yeah. it was, it's I've tough. never done anything that, that was harder and than that. But then you got to
1: realize that uh the- I didn't know what Vaseline was. I was breaking out with blisters in, in between my toes, all, all those things, you know. So <laughs> I'm a lot Oh, of God. I used, I used the blisters between my toes and stuff like that just to keep the, you know, uh, 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 you know to eliminate the blisters and, you know, the little, oh, that was horrible. <laughs> but as you, as you run more and you talk more people, you can gain the knowledge and stuff like that. So I think just listening to fellow runners is very, very important for everybody to become a better, better runner.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So, David, thank you so much for doing this. I want to finish off, like any any good workout, finish off with some strides. So I got some quick quick questions for you. You don't have to answer them okay. quickly, but I will dive, in to dive okay. into these. Uh, when you're training, are you running with or without headphones? Without. I
1: think without. That got it. Here. Why is that? Without. It's
0: dangerous.
1: Okay. I don't trust drivers.
0: Got it and what and I think you kind of answered this already, but what time of day do you usually run?
1: uh first thing in the morning I'll uh say I wake up at five thirty, I spend 15, fifteen twenty minutes on my computer uh and then i'm my heart's beating up, I feel a lot better, then I'll actually go like, eh, six o'clock in the morning, less traffic too, I feel safer,
0: right. Right. All right, so what is your favorite post-long-run meal? Or you could also adapt this to your favorite post-race meal. So if you could have any oh. meal after that long race or long effort, what are you getting?
1: <laughs> I can eat this from breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Pasta, pasta, pasta.
0: <laughs> I oh. <love> pasta. <laughs> it is. I love that. So are you are you eating that at home or are you going out? Where where are you getting this Pasta. Uh, see, it don't, it don't vary, you know, I'll make it, make it a home,
1: you know, or also when I go out to the restaurants, there's a lot of great restaurants rolled on too, great Italian restaurants, you know, I'll, I'll get it. So yeah, I can cook for myself or, if, you know, if I'm out, you know, grab some pasta at the restaurant. So it's very, very good for Got you. Got
0: it. That's true. All right. So you run a hundred, you know, 830 races. I'm sure you've been asked this yeah. before. If you have to, if you have to run one, what's your favorite race? Oh,
1: my favorite race. Oh, that's a great question. How do I answer that? Because they all are. It's just finishing them for me. You know what? I do enjoy the, the carry four mile or two. You know, it's for a great cause. I've run that one every year, so this is the 16th year of it. So I'm gonna, I'll take that one. That's where we met. Okay. Yeah. And I'm smiling right now. That's it. About that and it's, it's a great race. It really is. Good people.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. And it's, it's a nice course. has a little bit of undulation to it, but it's nothing crazy.
1: Yeah. I like to support the, the Rhode Island races, too, you know. I'm a transplant into this mm-hmm. great little state. So I really enjoy the uh, local road race. It's quite, they you so you the year after year and got a park, too.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. That's a, that's a great spot. And you're a Tuesday Night Turtle, so you might love this. I My favorite race of all time, and it's a challenging one, Lord knows, but it's the day after Christmas. It's the Noose 18K, and I swear it's the home of the, the most difficult hill in Rhode Island at the five-mile mark. That is my favorite race. It's 11 o'clock or 10 o'clock the day after Christmas, so you know you have to be crazy to run it.
1: You may – I've never run that one. That's one of the few I haven't run, and you may just talk me into running that this year. So I may
0: do that one this year to get that under my belt. So thank you. (laughs) Dave, I'm going to run it. I love it. It's one of those races – it's so funny. Anyone who's ever run that race knows. It's basically like the running version of a pickup basketball game. Like there's no – you just kind of just waddle over to the starting line. There's not even an entry fee. You basically can bring in some canned items that they bring to a food pantry, um, and you just go. So it starts and finishes at this, this tavern uh, on Route 3 in Exeter and it's a lollipop course. And I swear to God, that hill is a monster. And you, then you just come flying home, and then you also have to go up a monster hill at the end, um, yeah. which, you, which you catch in the beginning, too. Like the first mile, I remember the first time I ran it, and it was the first time I'd actually been on the course. So you know it's 18k, so you're running roughly 11 miles, and the yeah. first mile I ran in 6:03. <laughs> like my god! Wow. My goal was to break eight-minute mile pace for the race. I ran the first mile in 6:03. I almost had a heart attack when I saw that split, and then you know from there wow. on you, you you have to dial it down. But that that's a good yeah, one. Exactly. And like I said, you have to be you have to be nuts to run it because again it's the day after Christmas and it's freezing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so here we go. So you're so two more. So your yep. what is your favorite run running book of all time? Oh, uh, I really, I really don't have. Oh, uh,
1: geez, that's a great question. I, I it's been a while since I don't even have a copy of one anymore. God, <laughs> uh, it's been a while since I picked up. Hey, if there if there, a copy if there if there isn't one. Now, if I, there isn't one, there no big deal? Yep.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, last question. Um, do you have any mentors, or how? what role have mentors played in your running career?
1: Oh, my mentors are actually the guys I run with. It's, it's Scott Mason. It's, it's Ray Nelson. It's the Tuesday Night Turtles, the club I belong to. Those guys really stimulated me and showed me how to – Run how to run races, um, they're great guys just to talk to and stuff like that. So it's my running club that I'm a member of, which is Susan A. Turtles. Fantastic. That's great.
0: Dave, th- Dave, thank you so much for coming on. I hope everyone loved this podcast. Dave, you're a great guy to, to talk to about running. If you do like the podcast, feel free to subscribe on iTunes and give us a review uh, or you know connect with me on uh, on, uh Twitter, I'm um, at Matt chittam or on Instagram, the same thing, at Matt chittam M-A-T-T-C-H-I-T-T-I-M. Um, Dave, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
1: Thank you. I really enjoyed uh, giving my opinions and you just listen to me. You know? Hey, one thing we do, just take one step at a time to the best of your ability.
0: I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Dave. Okay. Have a nice evening. Bye-bye.